This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Hey, good morning. It is uh, the morning drive on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. If you uh, have an opinion of something, you can uh, hit us up on the 8th Flooring Center chat line. Go to Double T 97.3.com for that. The mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. Visual Edge IT hotline is open as well. Uh, we get this. Paul Feinbaum is the biggest SEC supporter. Yeah, he's been that way for a long time. He's in SEC country. Uh, this person goes on to say he's impossible to listen to now. Okay, I mean he's got strong opinion. I, I, he's I, definitely an SEC homer. He's, yeah. a, I mean, really, I mean, he's an entertaining college football yes. guy. Mm-hmm. That voice, yeah, no and knowledgeable. He, and, yeah, extremely. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and, and has I think a lot of credibility to what he has to say. You don't always have to agree with all of his opinions, but I mean, I I like uh, and I like to listen to him from time to time. Uh, when when he's if you're just focusing on the SEC, yes, yeah, yeah, he's clearly focused there. And I mean, when it, there's partiality between SEC compared to the other conferences, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you'd like this ringing endorsement from Bullfighter, but at least it's always nice to get an endorsement. I vote JL the president for this new school conference governing cabinet. Cabinet. Oh, man, the conference commissioners would have to. I mean, they would vote me out of office so fast because <laughs> all the lawsuits that would be coming in against my office. Would you, um, if you were elected president or head of this governing cabinet, would you would you wear a robe if it was required? No. Uh, it wouldn't be required. Would you go to the Louisville Slugger Company in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and have them uh, design a custom gavel for you? Out of the, out of wood. I don't, Would it look like a baseball bat? Yeah. <laughs> no. no. I don't think this job is. I don't think he's a judge. Yeah. He's no, a. Go, but sometimes he's a you have commissioner. To, you have to call the meeting to order. You okay, could just. I'll just the, text everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was funny. Or I will do third base coach signs. Oh, yeah, yeah that would be. Yeah. But you'd have to understand them. Um, oh, I a... can understand them. Okay. I, mean, I just don't people. try to learn certain teams, yeah. including ours. <laughs> that See, that still is just very disappointing I mean, to if me. somebody tells me um, mm-hmm. when I wipe my brow, that means take, mm-hmm. I can figure it out. Right? I can understand. I didn't. See, I've I've forgotten about that whole. But discussion. if I touch my elbow first, that mm-hmm. means ignore yeah. the next thing. Yeah, I can. I'm I'm smart enough to figure that out. But I mean, I'm not just trying to decipher them. Are you? Have you kind of figured out the Texas Tech baseball signs? No. 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 Not even close. And did you? You haven't like. You know that. why? Why? <laughs> because I'm focused on the game. Well, I know, but I mean, if you look down there and go, you know, hey, uh, hey, hacks, I think you know this is. If, the take signs on, or the the run signs on, or the you know, the hit and runs on. No, no, okay, no. And he would say, "How? How do you know?" <laughs> and I would say, "Right? Do you think Tim Tadlock would want me doing that?" I would say, "Oh, I just saw Tadlock touch his elbow, which means he's they're going to take probably not." Okay, you know, I think real quick I'd get a text. 
Hey, Motormouth, <laughs> shut up. Is that what he calls you, Motormouth? <laughs> In that instance, he would. <laughs> um, I saw <laughs> Motormouth. That's pretty funny. Hey, Motormouth, shut up. Um, I saw this last night, and it just it frustrated me for this guy, okay? This guy's name is Richard Plowd. He has spent eight years of his life, now, I don't know about every day, He's, he's a Frenchman. Um, eight years of his life crafting a 23.6, so it's 23 and a half feet model of the Eiffel Tower using 706,900 matchsticks, 50 pounds of glue. He does not, it is not now recognized as the world record for the tallest, you know, model of the Eiffel Tower. The Guinness Book of World Records has ruled that he used the wrong type of matchsticks, disqualifying him from beating the standing record. How frustrating would that be? But doesn't he have a different record? I don't know. Like the tallest one using that type of matchsticks? I, I, I mean, you would think like Guinness, Guinness is pretty famous for, for, you know, adjusting the rules to create new categories. Yeah. He didn't get rid of the statue. The, I mean, the the Eiffel Tower, though, right? No. He, he still got it. He still got it. And all of the work that he put into it, he still gets to keep. Guinness doesn't take that away from him, right? Right. Guinness told so, him. But then what does he do with it? Yeah. Guinness told him because the matchsticks were not it's commercially. It's made out of matchsticks. Is that would make one heck of a bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> he said because the matchsticks were not commercially available, that Guinness said this, and not recognize his matchsticks, his attempt would be disqualified. He added that the organization said the matchsticks cannot be cut, disassembled, or distorted beyond recognition. Now, so suggesting that it could be easier to build I guess, certain yeah, kinds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have no problem with the rule. If that's the rule, it's the rule. But it, I mean, he's set a different record. Yeah. yeah right. That's kind of how I. It's kind of what I felt like. Yeah. The previous record, uh, Tufik Daher from Lebanon, made a matchstick Eiffel Tower that uh, reached twenty-one. And uh, 0.4 feet tall in 2009 with six million matchsticks. That that seems six million is way more impressive than 706,000. I'd like to see a picture of that guy's Eiffel Tower. Six. I million? bet both are impressive. Yeah, the, well, the 23 one 23 feet high. Yeah, the, the where does he put it? I don't. I don't. I don't. Out in the backyard, and then he burns it, right? Yeah. Uh, upon further review, Mark McKinley, director of Guinness's Central Record Services, said judges may have been too quick to dismiss the plowed structure. It's our job of records management to be thorough, and he 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 used a word called fested fastidious fested. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. In other words. Maybe they were too fast in ruling. Okay, so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna take another look at it. We will make contact with the record holder again, as well as a rules review for similar records as a priority to see what can be done. Okay. Okay. Have you checked in the book and see if there's anything that you possibly could? I did. There was a time a when I would. There was times when I when I did. Because we got to get one of these for you. <laughs> I would. I would love to. Number I, of hands shaken in one day or something. <clears throat> I would. I would love to be able to do that. I used to be able to stack quarters on my elbow and, and catch them. In fact, I did that during COVID when we were making all these videos. One of my little COVID videos was was that was one of my tricks that I could do. I think I remember that. Put put uh, quarters on my on my. Can elbow. you still do it now? Could I still do it now? Yeah, yeah. I can still do it now. Yeah. Okay. I mean. 
Impressive. <laughs> it's not it's a bar trick more than anything else. That's no, that's <laughs> it's um it's like the it's the it's from the quick draw yeah. of being able to shake a hand, right? <laughs> Immediately yes. right here, yes. right? It's that same yes. motion. That's what you're so good at. Yeah, right. Yeah. You probably would be good chopping wood. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh let's see. It's here. his karate chop too. He could like <laughs> snap a board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I think if that's the record, I mean, we should get you to that record. Okay. I'll even shake your hand once. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get this. Uh, Chuck, I think it's easy as baseball fans to assume what is about to happen in certain situations in the game. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Context okay. clues will tell you, you know, it's 3-0 and and the guy has walked two straight hitters. You know, Coach Tadlock's probably going to give him the take side. Fast. Tedious. Fastidious. The word is fastidious. Speaking of words, the spelling bee is coming soon. It is. <laughs> Going to have me spell some words again? Mm-hmm. Yes. Can I phone a friend? Can I phone Collier's kid and see if he can help me out? I think we should just bring him in here. Yeah, I think we should. Like after you do answer it, he answers. He answers it. Yeah. yeah. We record him on the phone. We record him doing all of them. And then Chuck gives his guess, and yeah. then we have him do his and see which one's right. Yeah, we'll get him on the Visual Edge IT hotline. Yeah. David Collier's kid. Problem is I don't come up with a word till about two minutes before <laughs> we come up. 6.39 uh, this morning here on the morning drive. Yeah, I'd love to set a world record of something. I think it'd be pretty cool to see your name in the – you know, you'd always – Jeff, today, Jeff, what could you do? I mean, like the number of consecutive hours playing a flying game? Not even close. What do you think I, it is? Probably it's like three days or days. something? Days. Yeah. I like sleep. I'm a big fan of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I make game a lot, but I'm a big fan of sleep. Yeah. Nap is my favorite three-letter word. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Morning Drive. Good morning, Time for this day in sports history. Today is February the 8th, 2024. Here is Jeff McGuire. I'm going to start in 1945. Paul Brown agrees to coach the new American football expansion team in Cleveland, which would later be named the Cleveland Browns Mm -hmm. after their coach. 1960, Boston Celtics' Bill Russell becomes the first NBAer with 50 rebounds. He had 51. Gosh. 1975, Pete Maravich scores 47 points as the New Orleans Jazz end a 28-game NBA road losing streak with a 106-102 win over the Hawks in Atlanta. You know, for as great as he was, his teams never really were. No. True. 1986, 5'7", Spud Webb of the Atlanta Hawks wins the NBA dunk contest. That was really cool. (laughs) Short guys everywhere thought they had a chance. Not this one. 1996, you know, just uh, almost 52 years, 51 years. NFL and the Cleveland and Cleveland allows Art Modell to move the NFL franchise to Mm -hmm. Baltimore. But they had to leave the Browns name behind. 2014. Jay Crockett grabs 12 rebounds and scores 21 points as the unranked Texas Tech Red Raiders upset number 19 Oklahoma State 65 to 61 
here in Lubbock. It is National Molasses Bar Day and National Potato Lovers Day. Molasses Bar. I don't know what a molasses bar is. I know what molasses is. Mm-hmm. I guess you just form it into a bar and like gnaw on it. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you would get it to hold its shape. Anything specific on the uh, potato for today? You have to love it. Just love it. Okay. I'm a fan. Happy birthday to Clay Thompson, who's 34. Paul Wright, also known as The Big Show, is 52. John Williams is 92. Seth Green, 50. Julio Jones, 35. Alonzo Mourning, 54. Leighton Vanderash is 27. Ted Koppel, 84. Joe Madden, 70. And John Fox is 69. And on this day, 1943... Japanese troops evacuate Guadalcanal, leaving the island in Allied possession after a prolonged campaign. The American victory paved the way for other Allied wins in the Solomon Islands. This battle started on August 7th of the 42, and U.S. Marines landed on the island. Both sides suffered heavy losses of men, warships, and planes in the battle for Guadalcanal. <clears throat> An estimated 1,600 U.S. troops were killed. Over 4,000 wounded and several thousand more died from disease. The Japanese lost 24,000 soldiers in the battle. Five of those losses, by the way, for the U.S. were the Sullivan brothers from Waterloo, Iowa, who died together when when the Japanese sank their ship, USS Juno. And that is This Day in Sports History. All right, This Day in Sports History, 6.50 this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts, comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double T973.com for that or the mobile app. Visual Edge IT hotline is open too at 806-771-0973. You know, Ted Koppel, uh, when the uh, Iranians uh, took uh, Americans hostage, started they, they started this little deal every night at about 1030. Ted Koppel would come on on ABC and he would say, America held hostage day six. They didn't think it was going to last very long. <clears throat> and then it got longer and longer and longer. And it was day 162 and day 163. And then they formed this little program called Nightline. And he developed a whole kind of uh, cottage industry out of uh, this. And he did a, did a great job with it and uh, was very calm, cool, and collected and became a, a household name because of the hostages that were, that were taken uh, at the end of the Carter administration. And then... They were released uh, the morning of uh, once President Reagan was inaugurated in uh, 1981. They were they were released because the uh, Ayatollah didn't want to give Jimmy Carter credit, and uh, Reagan was the the peacemaker, so to speak. And then Ted Koppel kept doing that show for the next twenty something years. I made a mint off of it and became, like I said, household name. Uh, So if uh, if you have a thought or a comment on that, you can uh, hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. The um, Dallas Cowboys still looking for a uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, Theirs went off to uh, coach the Washington uh, Commanders. And apparently Rex Ryan has interviewed with the Dallas Cowboys for their vacant defensive coordinator position. (laughs) Wow. Um, Hang on, let me wrap around my head there. Yeah, this is 
You would love this. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Rex know. Ryan. Rex Ryan. Gonna be the is interviewing. Interviewing for a defensive coordinator position. Yes. Is he thinking McCarthy's going to get fired? Then he would get the job. No, I don't. I don't know. I think he 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 wants to be a coach again. He interviewed for the Broncos defensive coordinator job last year, and there was a thought that he was going to get it. Instead, they hired Vance Joseph. Um, he's sixty-one, so I don't. I don't. You know, from a from a coaching standpoint, you know, especially you know as, as a coordinator, um, I don't know what the I mean, there's the, he can still do it, but I mean, he has a he has a coach for quite some time. He's been a talking head on uh, on ESPN since 2016, um, but I think he just still enjoys the the thrill of the hunt, you know, being mm-hmm. involved in in coaching. It's not uncommon. I think what's what's uncommon is the the time period away, the difference, you know, from 2016 to to 2024. I mean. That's a big stretch. That's a big stretch, right? That's a that's a that's a big stretch. Um, and like uh, you said, the game changes a little bit. Yeah, and the 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 player changes, and how you motivate them, and how you coach them, and the technique, and everything like that. And I'm sure he's trying to make a case for himself that he's kept up with that. Um, another guy that uh, apparently has some interest is Mike Vrabel, uh, the t- Tennessee Titans former really? head coach. Um wonder if he feels like he'd be the coach in waiting. <laughs> well, or if Mike McCarthy looks over his shoulder and go, Mike Vrabel. I see, here's what I think. I I, I this is a kind of a crazy thought. I think if the Cowboys don't at least make it to the NFC championship game, that Jerry will seriously, 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 seriously consider Bill Belichick. And that that Belichick being out a year might look at the Cowboys situation and go, I can, I can give up some power because it's the owner that's involved. I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have. He's gonna be my direct report, and I can make recommendations. I feel like I can work with Jerry, but it'd be that would be, and then he would probably consult Parcells. You're the one saying degree. Andy Reid's gonna retire at the end of the game on Sunday. So, well, I said I mean, that. I mean, I, I don't if know. If you've got your choice, where would you rather coach, Dallas or Kansas City? Sure. I mean, at this point in time, you'd probably say Kansas City, especially if the Chiefs yeah, win. They got the quarterback that can win. Yeah, they got the quarterback that can win. When did Bill Belichick have his most success? Why are we wanting to ruin Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Why are we wanting to ruin him? I mean, Bill Belichick would just he would change be the his, worst possible yeah. thing for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know Who, that. why the Chiefs would ever consider that would be the dumbest thing ever. And I, I think that there's no way Jerry and Bill Belichick are working together. Okay, I've I've been wrong before. I, I'll be wrong again. I've clearly been wrong before. And I just that is a nightmare made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie Litt and Jeff McGuire, <clears throat> Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us. Uh, thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Here's one. Yesterday on the radio, I heard folks talking about the potential rust of the Texas Tech men's basketball team. And then I'm sure we will hear about the short turnaround before KU on Monday. So I guess we have the excuses built in if they lose one or both of those games. Wow. <laughs> rust. Doesn't, um, wouldn't KU have the same short turnaround? Yeah. 
mm-hmm. even shorter because they have to travel. Yeah. So yeah. it seems like nobody would be dumb enough to use that excuse. Um, now, as far as the rust part, mm-hmm. from Monday to Saturday of playing a game, Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the only thing I would think about would be rust would be if if you were so sickly still that you weren't able to practice a whole bunch this mm-hmm. week and you weren't able to get out there on the court until Friday or Saturday, even then, if you're out there on Friday, the rush should be gone. Yeah, put shots Saturday. up. Yeah, put yeah. shots up. Yeah. yeah they're, they're I don't know who was was mentioning that. I, I mean, I don't know. We've we've got plenty of homers that uh, <laughs> are employed here by this radio station. So. Oh, wow. Find ways to spin to the bright side and find some find ways to spin to the negative side. Sure. sure. Some of us are, depending on the day, or one that could be one guy one day and the other guy yeah, the next day. Yeah, so sure. put your yeah. finger up in the in the wind and see uh, mm-hmm. see what see see what's blowing. Okay? Yeah. We we are fans too, so you have to get that. Yeah, no no doubt. Factors into our uh, <laughs> our opinions. <laughs> yes, yes. From uh, from time from time to time, uh, just going to ask you a couple things about what you think. Uh, Nick Saban's going to be on uh, game day for uh, ESPN. Um, he's he's always been kind of glib. I think he'll I think he'll be pretty I think he'll be pretty good on that. It's not like he's been a guy that has necessarily shied away from the media or or been you know he's been kind of I think uh, quick with his quotes so to speak and. He said he'll do his best to offer additional insights and perspectives <clears throat> to contribute to game college game day, the ultimate Saturday tradition for college football fans. Yeah, I think he'll be good. Uh, he seems like, I mean, he's uh, got a personality in front of the, mm-hmm. the cameras that's, that's good. And, um, and sometimes he can, you know, get a little rustled. His father's rustled a little yeah. bit. But, um, no, I think he'll be good. I wonder... He's done, right? I mean, he, you don't think he'll have the itch to get back in. 72. He looks guess. like he's fit as a fiddle, though. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Unless somebody just, I mean, you would think. But that, I I mean, I've never met the man, so I have no idea what his, internally, if he's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave Bama for a while and give myself a break and come back. I have no clue. Batteries are recharged. Yeah. I'm ready to go. You know, want the, I, I think, I think that he, I think what's 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 kind of what drove him out probably is all this uh, the name, image, and likeness, and you know the paying the players and having to re-recruit your own team constantly. I think I think, I think some of that kind he of, has stated that that's not been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, debate that's going on at the Super Bowl, Jamie. Um, whether to play on a grass field or a uh, turf field. Um, the NFLPA's executive director, Lloyd Howell, said yesterday that there is a certain hypocrisy. I think hypocrisy is what he's trying to say. With some NFL stadiums agreeing <laughs> he to... He said what? He said hypocrisy. H-Y-P-O-C-R-I-S-Y. Hypocrisy. Okay. Right? I've never heard of this word before. I've heard of hypocrisy, hypocrisy but I've not... I've not ever heard of hypocrisy, 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 whatever. 
He said, with some NFL stadiums agreeing to adhere to FIFA regulations by installing grass for upcoming soccer matches in the 2026 World Cup, but then reverting to artificial turf for football games. He said, it's really basic. It's not rocket scientist. 92% of our union wants grass. That's compelling. The bottom line is, it's unquestionable that our union wants to have a have working condition where they play on grass. They say, he said, data collected by the union showed injuries occurring on a slower rate on natural grass as opposed to artificial turf. Yeah, the NFL and the union in a joint, in a joint venture just, what, like a whole week ago? Said that it's basically the same. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 So, um, the NFLPA's president, J.C. Treder, he said, turf has stayed relatively consistent at an injury rate over the last decade. Grass this year has its highest injury rate over the last decade, but it was still lower than the injury rate on turf. So the worst performing year on grass is still better than turf this year. Uh, there are 13 grass fields. Um, then there's a balance of version of synthetic turf. Um, uh, seven stadiums being used for the World Cup are switching to grass. That's Gillette Stadium, MetLife, Lumen Field, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, AT&T, Jerry's Place, NRG, where the uh, Texans play, SoFi. So it, it is kind of it is kind of interesting that that you can put the grass in uh, over at uh, Jerry's place. You can't open up the roof, but, well, yeah, you can't open up the roof. Um, no, the, you can open up the ends. The, the roof doesn't open, does it, at Jerry's place? Yeah, it does. The roof does open. Yeah, yeah. you can open up the roof. But it's. It, I think <clears throat> you can open up the roof, yeah. The The bottom line, though, is can you, you know, like it, um, can you grow grass on the inside of that thing? I don't know. It. I'm sure. I'm sure you could line up experts on both sides of this. I bet they can. I mean, the Houston Astros are doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I I don't. I, you know. So my my question is: Does that trickle down to to the collegiate level? You know, a lot of times this turf was put in so that they could have other events there and have multiple games there, whether it was high school or college, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because of the wear and the wear and tear. You know, in in Phoenix at at, in Glendale at that stadium, you know, and much like at at um, at, at Allegiant Field in uh, Las Vegas, it, it rolls in on a tray basically from the outside. Mm-hmm. And but but then there were there were there were question marks about the the field last year with the Super Bowl um, players not being happy, and they always they always talk about replanting the field. You know, it seems like. For all these big games, well, we tore up the tore up the grass and put the field in. We're hoping that hoping the grass takes right. Yeah, and yeah. then you see sod coming up, you know, mm-hmm. and players getting mad because they have to wear longer. the The problem is, is that injuries happen. It's a violent game. Yeah, no doubt, no and doubt. So I don't know if you, if you can um, if you can fix that or not. Lubbock Realtor says this. I've been advocating for years to put natural grass at Jones Stadium, not because I think it's safer, just because I like to the the look better. Well, I mean, you can't keep it green forever. I mean, and then, you know, you see some of these stadiums in the winter where it, it looks green and then they tackle a guy wearing a white shirt and it comes up, you know, with a green jersey because it's been painted. Oh, there's such thing as grass stains, too. Yeah, well, but I mean... Yeah. <laughs> 
I know from but, my days as a kid. And right, you know, I I know that. I I know blue that. Jeans. Yeah, right. I I know that. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. And then and then they're they're complaining about um, the 49ers practice field at UNLV that they say was put on top of uh, the Rebels artificial practice field. They describe it as being too soft. And then they said that they didn't put a hard plastic cover over the turf before putting down the sod. Um, and so they're saying that that's why it's so soft because they didn't put a hard plastic cover over the gra- over the turf before they put the grass down. Mm. <laughs> I'm not really sure what to say there. But then but then the players, the players that have been used in the UNLV locker rooms were talking about how nice they were and one guy saying, "Well, man, I played at Wyoming. This is far nicer than that. Wyoming's got to step it up." Mm-hmm. Another guy saying, "Well, I played at Oregon. It looks just like our place at Oregon." Man. No matter what no matter what stadiums do, somebody's going to get hurt and they're going to say, well, the, it wasn't the right kind of grass or they mowed it too short or they put too much water on it. The turf came up and my knee went out. I just don't know. I think it's a debate that's going to continue. Yeah, and obviously the owners don't want to switch to all natural grass because of the, some of the things that you talked about. Ultimately, it's about saving money. Right? It's going to cost more money if you're going to and and how are you going to have those other other you know ventures for you know doing concerts the day before a football game mm-hmm. or whatever how are you going to be able to do all that so it may not, it may not be necessarily cheaper but it's going to cost you money one way or the other yeah when we went to arrowhead we did a tour this past summer and they had taken all the grass out and they put this floor down so that they can have the concerts and then at the end of the concert season in the summer they have to replant all the grass and tear it all up and do it all over again so your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. All right. All right, we're going to go Texas Tech football today. Okay. We're going to go Joey McGuire era. I want you to tell me your... Favorite win in the Joey McGuire era, and I want you to tell me your most disappointing loss. Okay. Let me get the... You only have two years. I understand. understand. (laughs) Texas win last year, my favorite. Yes. I mean, uh, any win over Texas is fun. Mm -hmm. That one was at home. It was at the end, you know, it kind of, it set up a lot of different things for you to go throughout the year. It made it possible to beat both Texas and Oklahoma in the same year. Um, that by far, I, I don't want to say his signature win, but that's the the top of the mountain right now because of who it was and, wh- and where it was. Worst loss? I don't know if I want to go Baylor his first year or West Virginia the second year. For games that you know, I, I thought you'd have a shot in, that I you had a really good chance to win and just didn't perform to expectations. I know by point wise, the Texas loss last year was worse, but I didn't have the same confidence going into the Texas game last year as I did the West Virginia game last year or the Baylor game the year before that you just kind of laid the gold, didn't even lay a golden egg. It was just a laying an egg and it was a sour egg at that. So I one I don't know which of those two I feel worse about. Okay, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with the Oklahoma win last year, 
in 22, uh, the 51 to 48 overtime win. Okay. Okay. Because that puts you um, above 500 in the Big 12 for the first time since 2009. Uh, it was a it was a it was a thrilling game. Uh, it set you up for a pretty good bowl game, and uh, it allowed you to beat Texas and Oklahoma in the in the same year. I, I would I would concur with Jeff that the Texas win was really 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 exciting. Uh, for me, uh, the Baylor loss. Um, because there was so much going on that day with Patrick Mahomes going into the Ring of Honor, and just you know we had the the young phenom with us, and it was a lot of excitement, and and um, it was just really really disappointing um, to to get beat that bad, forty five to seventeen. Okay, um, my favorite was in was in twenty twenty two is the uh, Texac Texas Bowl. Um, when you put it on Ole Miss, I just thought it was great for our program to be, mm. you know, in a marquee spotlight situation and just put it on an, an SEC school. And um, so I, I just felt like that was the story that Joey McGuire is selling to recruits of can you win, you know, in big spots and against, you know, good teams. And that's one that, to me, uh, I thought was absolutely massive. Second on my list would have been the 2022 win over Texas. Um, the most disappointing performance for me, I expected a loss, but the Texas game last year, I, I mean, it just felt like you didn't care. I mean, you just didn't show up. And um, as I've told you guys before, like last game against Texas in any of the sports has not meant that much to me. It's just I hate losing to the Longhorns like that. Mm-hmm. And the worst part about it is I've, Felt like it was coming. From the moment Brett Yormark opened his mouth here in Lubbock, I figured that game was circled on their calendar and that they were going to be ready to put it to us. And they did. So, yeah, you guys think you're all funny out there laughing, you know, your little commissioner jokes. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna put it on Texas Tech, see who's laughing last. And I feel like they did it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that one was really disappointing. I mean, if, again, I expect you to lose the game. I was hoping it would be more competitive than that. A little more respectable. Yeah. Um, if you just ask me about this past year, um, it's a coin flip between the Wyoming game and um, and the Oregon game. Um, the Oregon game because I felt like you were on the verge of winning it, um, and. Um, the Wyoming game because I felt like you kind of did it to yourself <laughs> by not running the football when you needed to. Oh, of all the games that you complain about not running the football enough, it's Wyoming that you're looking well, I'm at. Not, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm. Felt like there were others. Yeah, about, there's, how about oh, there's, West Virginia in that? Sure, regard? sure, sure. I mean, you could say that, but I'm just saying. I'm just. I. I didn't. Maybe just my overall disappointment would be just. Obviously losing to Wyoming because it felt like that was game that you were going to win, and then the Oregon game, like I said, it felt like you were on the verge of winning, and then you know make yeah. them make the mistake. Yeah, I know you had a chance. You were also on the verge of winning against Wyoming. They had a mm-hmm. fourth down and couldn't get off the field. Well, they got into the end zone. Yeah. yeah. Well, they got off the field that way, I guess. Yeah, you did get off the field <laughs> after <laughs> the extra point. Guess yeah. they, guess they got, guess they got off the field. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's it's hard to say the BYU game because you're playing a freshman quarterback. You kind of went in that game. 
Yeah. Feeling like hey, if you if you won the game, you won the game. Yeah, the West Virginia one was also one that just eats at me so much. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because they're playing with a backup quarterback mm-hmm. too, and mm-hmm. and he wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, this uh, K State loss was pretty rough this past season. Yeah, I mean it was thirty-eight to twenty-one. You lost that game here. That was homecoming. You're supposed to win those games. Yeah, but you lost Baron Morton in that game. Yeah. Um, Whether or not you were going to win, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. he's you had a hard time tackling Avery Johnson. Uh, this person says this: best win Texas, worst loss Wyoming. Started off the most hyped season in recent memory on the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway. Um. 7.37 this morning here on the morning drive. That's a good question. We're, we're two, uh, two years in. Feels like he's been here longer than that. He has. I mean, because he, he got here, you know, mid, you know. Partway th- through the y- previous season. The and 21 then, year, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not like he's a stranger, you know, but. Um, Nobody's a stranger to you, Chuck. <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, You're I went. man to, of the people. I went, uh, went over to the football stadium yesterday just to kind of, I just, I did a drive through. I didn't, I didn't get out and walk around. I just had a couple well, extra how, moments. How are you going to break the record for handshakes if what, you don't No, get no, out no. I car? wasn't. I went, I was just, I just was, I just was trying to see what was, what was going I was curious because there was a, there was a crane. At the north end of the stadium with the scoreboard. Uh, and I don't know if they were doing something on the scoreboard there on the north end uh, or not, uh, but they had a crane there. And I was like, why is there a crane there? There's two cranes over there. So I was like, and then by the time I got over there to look at it, it was late, very late in the day after selling time. Well, not quite. It was about, it was about 4.30. So I, was, I packed it in for the day. Um, anyway, the bottom line was, They'd taken the crane down by that point in time, but then I drove through the east side parking lot there. You can't go very far. You can't go all the way to the end of the road like you used. Like you can't go out like you used to be able to in front of the football facility because it's a construction site, obviously. But they're putting brick now on the. And I think we had talked about this a little bit. But the brick looks good, and it matches. It matches what's already there on the east side. Pattern appears to match as well. So I just don't know how they do that. Like when do they? When do they make the decision to put a, you know, because they have that one color brick that they put in and then they put a bunch of the others that look the same. It's like, when do they make the decision? Like, when does Mac say to George, okay, put the brown one in now. I mean, do they have a schematic of that? Is that, is it that detailed? I don't I'm know. guessing or is yes. it completely random? Or is it completely random? It, yeah. I don't know the answer to that. But I'm, my my you guess. You have to ask Mac. My guess is Stan, the architect, has planned that out, okay? Stan, the architect, knows exactly where that brick's supposed to go. And then it's up to Mac to tell George, put it in now. Sam, slap the mortar on there and slide that dude in. Mm-hmm. And then you look at that and go, why well, doesn't that look nice? <laughs> but, man, they're, they're making progress, but, man, sure... Sure, it's hard to. It's, I, I am not the visionary when it comes to seeing projects through, or you know. But it sure is hard to look at that thing and go, "Yep, there's going to be people there on August the 31st." Mm-hmm. But that's in six months. I know they're working like. Think how much they've there. gotten done in six months. Yeah. Have a little faith in the construction workers <sighs> I, over the summer. I, I do, but I mean, I don't is, think you do. 
Have a little faith. Okay, I'll I will I will have six months is a long time for a construction project. Yeah. They better hurry. Better hustle. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Mints with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you still with us this morning here on The Morning Drive. We come to you from the First United Bank studio. Look forward to your thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line, Visual Edge IT hotline. Uh, got, a, got a baseball thing for you. You okay with that? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, this is a Sports Illustrated article that says the Houston Astros are projected to bury the Texas Rangers in the American League West, saying that the World Series champion Rangers will finish a distant second to the Astros in the 2024 American League West standings. I don't know how distant they mean. Mm-hmm. Um the thought that the Astros would win the division and the Rangers would finish second is is not surprising to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Especially since it happened last year. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and then just to Jeff's point, I mean, does so what is it? Does it mean anything? You know, I mean, that doesn't mean the Rangers can't still go on and win the World Series, right? Yeah. Um, I think the Astros have had a better off season. I think the addition of Josh Hader is phenomenal for their for their bullpen. I mean, he's as good as there is in the game as far as relievers go. Um, a really really valuable guy that they've added. So I don't. Um, the Rangers have added just David Robertson to their bullpen, really. So, I, I mean, again, they finished really close together last year, and I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, what is distant? I mean, if, I'm, I'm going to give you a number. Okay. The number is nine games is what they're saying. They're saying the Rangers are, they're projecting the Rangers to win 86 games. Uh, I, I think I feel like the Rangers will win more than that, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, I, I would have said, you know, five or six is a possibility mm-hmm. you know nine seems like a lot but there's really not much difference there so l- let me ask you this the Did- question would be would that still get you into the playoffs mm-hmm. 86 has you in dangerous territory i think yeah i agree with that um let me ask you this are the rangers set up for a run um where you can expect success year over year over year. And when I say success, I mean at least making the playoffs. Do you feel like the core is there? Or did they capture lightning in a bottle with everybody doing everything at, right at the right time uh, with the way that they won at Tampa and then winning at Baltimore and then and then winning the World Series? It's hard to say they captured lightning in a bottle when um, you had some key guys get injured, be injured. Mm-hmm. Um it's although maybe you could say you captured lightning in a bottle with your bullpen work in the postseason because that was a weakness in the regular season and it was a strength in the postseason. Uh, you know, I, I just baseball is so funny. It's it, it's there's such a fine line between getting in the playoffs and not getting in the playoffs, and then once you get there, you just don't know who's gonna. You know, click at the right time, and the Rangers did last year, and that that's why those kind of runs are so incredibly fun because so many times, you, you, I mean, I don't know if maybe you guys could disagree with me or whatever, but 
I thought the Rangers were good. I thought there were four or five teams in the American League that were good enough to win the American League. But, I mean, the Rangers just like, the, it just hit, and it was great, and it was kind of a surprise. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun, and obviously it was their first time to make it to the World Series in a while and all that good stuff, and the first time to ever win it. So it was a lot of fun, but um, it's just, you know, the way things went down. You would never predict again for a team to blow 30 saves in a regular season and win a World Series. You would never predict that a team that that was that bad with their bullpen would win the World Series. You just wouldn't. But it happened, okay? And it happened because they weren't bad in the postseason. The bullpen was awesome in the postseason. And the offense was good like it was all year long. Um you know, you you made deadline moves to bring in really important, valuable guys. I mean, you're you're not winning that thing without Jordan Montgomery, okay? What is his status? Has he signed anywhere yet? I don't think so. Yeah, I think he's still out there, which seems a little bit interesting. I don't know if he's waiting to see if, as we get close to spring training, teams are going to up their offers or what. But isn't it kind of bizarre when you think about it, like what you just said? All right. Rangers don't win the World Series without Jordan Montgomery, right? Bottom line, right? You'd never, you'd never won one before. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? If you're Chris Young, who was a pitcher, who is the guy that's now in charge of all this stuff, may, but maybe he looks at Jordan Montgomery as a guy that was in the right place at the right time and is not worthy of you know a uh, big I think, contract. I think he's been solid his entire career. Um, with with the Yankees, Cardinals, and now with the with the Rangers, and it feels like he's in his prime right now. Yeah. So, and, well, the problem is you have so much money tied up into these older guys and Degrom, Degrom, and Scherzer. I mean, those are two of the you know highest salaried pitchers in all of baseball, mm-hmm. and you've got both of them. I mean, there's only you know unless you're willing to go pay luxury tax and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Jordan Montgomery's probably commanding a $30 million contract now or close to it. Yeah, and, and sure. So how many $30 million pitchers are you going to have in your rotation? <laughs> well, right now you don't have any. You just have them on your payroll. Well, sh- sh- yeah, Scherzer <laughs> and DeGrom are both going to be out for a while, right? Yeah, so, I mean, right now you got you don't have any. You don't have any on your yeah. – on your that, are, that you're going to – I sure would like to see there. the Rangers re-sign him, but I don't – it feels like if it hasn't been done at this point, it's not going to happen. Okay. Well, uh, they, I'm sure he's got a suitcase that he'd like to pack to go somewhere uh, for the Rangers pitchers and catchers report on Valentine's Day. Yeah. So, and and I think that Astros lineup is still awesome. I, again, there's there's such a fine line, and you know that game went to, that series went to seven games last year. I mean, so it wasn't like, oh, the Rangers were so much better than the Astros last year. How could they leapfrog them and and win the division? No. Like Jeff said, they won the division. Okay? they The Rangers won one more game in that postseason series. I mean, so many things could have changed that. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So many things. So mm-hmm. to, to think that the... The Astros aren't going to be better is, or the, the, to think that the Astros being better is crazy talk is, I think, crazy talk. It's crazy talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody says this Montgomery wants to sign with the Rangers, but he's waiting to see what happens with the uh, Bally TV deal. There's yeah. a lot of things on hold for the Rangers right now because of that. Um, 
when the the fan express when they had the the first pinch luncheon, you know, EJ was talking about it, and even Josh kind of mentioned it uh, after we got done that there there's a lot on hold. The broadcasters can't sign contracts; as they don't know who they're broadcasting for. They know they're they're going to be on the broad, Rangers broadcast, like. All How many games did the, the Ranger broadcasters win last year? I'm just curious. The point that I'm making is that <laughs> they know they're going to be working for the Rangers on the broadcast, but because they don't know where the broadcast is going to be, they can't sign those contracts. And the Rangers don't want to do other things until they know how much money they're getting from that broadcast. So will you TV people get your act together and get this figured out? That was kind of a Jamie question, wasn't wasn't it? When I said that, how many how many games did the broadcasters win last year? I'm <laughs> coming from the guy who right, really know. thinks the broadcasters affect. What yeah, happens. right. That was that was that was pretty rich, wasn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty rich. I even I acknowledge that. Uh, I think Eric Nadel's worth a couple of wins, don't you? <laughs> this has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.